Technology is advancing at pace across the energy sector. As we progress towards net zero, we want you to stay ahead of the conversation. Welcome to the Net Zero Technology Centre's podcast series, Transition Talks, where we will be joined by industry experts at the forefront of the energy transition as we examine the challenge and explore the solutions. So today I'm joined by my colleague Stephen Ashley, who runs our Offshore Energy 4.0 programme. We're going to spend some time, I guess, getting to understand what that's all about, some of the some of the, the projects that he's been working on over the last five years within the, the particular programme, but also just where he came from. Um, but, but Stephen, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing all about it, Stephen. So let's talk about how you actually joined us in the first place. So I remember... Working with you, Steve, to get you to come and join what was then the Oil and Gas Technology Centre five yeah. years ago. And at the time, you were based in the Middle East. And right. rem- remind me what you were doing there again, because it's quite a big job. Yeah, so I was uh, essentially the business unit CIO for Maersk Oil in Qatar. Mm-hmm. So that is no longer operated by Maersk Oil. So it's the Al Shaheen field is one of the biggest, or if it's the biggest oil field in Qatar. A uh, very complex field. Nine man platforms, 300,000 barrels of oil a day, um, which is huge, um, and dealing with about a, fa- a million barrels of fluid, so with injection and everything. So, a very complex operation. And I was running essentially the IT organization, but also responsible for looking at how we use new technologies. Yeah, and at, and at the time, I remember explaining the the opportunity as it was at that point, because the centre hadn't really opened that long, but what we were trying to achieve with um, with this the, the digital side of things was to really transform the UKCS, the United Kingdom Continental Shelf, using digital technologies. And that really kind of got your juices flowing, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think so in that job, I was looking at a sort of very one specific operation and how we could use technologies and was learning not about just the technologies, but all the challenges you have trying to convince people to have a new look at the way we do things. And then the opportunity to do that for the UK. So I was looking for a new job because my tenure there was coming to an end. It's just sort of felt just right for me. So I'd learned an awful lot in that previous role which I felt that I could offer to the newly formed OGTC and uh, and, that, and that was a you know I was really grateful to the OGTC because actually the timing wasn't really that great so um, we sort of agreed for me to come along but allowed me to spend four months to, to do that transition so that was really good. No, so it was, was I, good. Remember, I remember that period and of course since then we've obviously transitioned ourselves and become the net yeah. zero technology centre and much of what you do, I guess, is now centred on using digital technologies to support an energy transition. But I'm quite curious, where do you think we are now against when you first started five years ago? Because I mean, you must see quite a lot of change. Just I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think there's been a lot of change. But I think it's quite interesting. You can't really point to one thing and say, oh, yeah, that was a step change and it's really different. I think it's been a gradual transformation over the last five years. But if I, if I think back, to when I first arrived, in terms of our partners in, in the industry, there was very few people in a digital position. But now there's nearly everyone, even the, the technology companies, the technology leaders in organizations are also responsible for digital. Five years ago, digital was seen as something different from technology, right? Mm-hmm. It was something else, which is, I think now seems very strange. 
And we were still discussing what's the difference between digitalization and digital transformation. And I think, you know, one of the things, if you remember, we called our solution center digital transformation because we want to look at, it wasn't just about the technology, it was about transforming how we did stuff and how we, you know, look at different business models. And so over the, over the last five years, we've achieved a lot. We work together as an industry far more. We're obviously in sort of collaboration with the renewable sector. Um, so we've made some big strides. We did a digital and data maturity survey sort of two, three years ago. We're about to repeat that again this year. And uh, just the opportunity and the sort of understanding of the opportunity has increased significantly. Yeah, and are there any digital technologies now in commonplace use that weren't when you joined this? I think, uh, yeah, so when we first came here, we were really looking at what you call the digital worker space. So people were beginning to look at that, but that's sort of commonplace now. So you'd see everyone has tablets and phones or or technology of that nature offshore now. We have um, support for expertise over the shoulder through comms technology. And of course, the COVID has only made that that sort of transition accelerate. So people are used to working virtually. That was a new thing then, and this has just demonstrated and accelerated that. So that's commonplace now. And you touched on collaboration as well, because I remember talking to you when you first started that very little data was shared between operators or other companies. Has that changed at all in the last five years? I think it is. There's a definite recognition that we need to use data uh, more effectively as an industry. And by industry, I'm, I'm referring to the whole of the offshore sort of energy industry now, so including the renewable sector. So we always share data somewhat reluctantly, perhaps under joint venture agreements, etc. Um, but now I see that there is a recognition that we really need to figure out ways to collaborate around data more effectively to not all do the same thing as individual organizations to solve the same problem. And that some data sets, if they were made available to all, would, would solve a lot of problems. Now, there is some real challenges around, from a technology perspective, how you share data that is fairly sensitive or has some IP or some commercial value. Mm-hmm. And that's some of the projects that we've been working on with industry. Um, so we have a project we've just approved. Oh, it's taken us nearly two years. But looking at the concept of a data trust, which is a sort of legal governance mechanism for and a technical mechanism for sharing confidential or sensitive data between parties. But like other industries do this as a matter of course. I mean, I remember meeting a company from the States that, um, I can't remember what they're called now, but they basically have a massive database of every credit card company's customers and all the transactions. And you can't get more sensitive than than that, I guess, for the consumer. Yeah, so we've had a lot of conversations with the banking industry. So one of the things obviously we, we've done, we do at the next technology centers, try to learn uh, from other industries. And there's two areas for data sharing. One is banking, and you just use that scenario where the banking industry understood that to tackle fraud, they really needed to share data. So they solved that. And there was a lot, there's some regulatory control there, but there's also the industry coming together. And nowadays that is just it just works and, and everyone is the better for it. The aerospace industry is probably another one where companies like Airbus really work to share data with their supply chain. And, and so much so that, you know, the competitors, Boeing, get involved in the same challenges. So 
there's another area. We're currently just talking to some of the spin-offs that Airbus created in that sort of data collaboration area as a result of some of the ETF projects that we're doing. So it's going to be interesting. But yeah, some of the in- other industries are doing it already and we just need to learn how to do it. So this data trust project will be that step in that direction. It's one it's one step. There are other projects, but it is a it's a step. So the Open Data Institute have looked at a number of mechanisms for sharing data between parties who wouldn't normally. And data trust is one structure that they've identified. And we're looking to try it out. And we're actually going to focus on PNA, well PNA as a as the use case, but they can be applied across many places. There are other ways to share data. We know our own Grampian region from the NHS shares data from a research perspective or health data. So, you know, again, it's about learning from other industries. Super. So let's say we do learn <laughs> and we're successful with the Data Trust project. We've, we've got a massive task in front of us to help the energy sector transition and yeah. achieve net zero. So what do you think will be the fundamental platforms that, from a data perspective that help us do that? So from a digital perspective, the opportunity, I mean, we need to track emissions. So we need to be able to, and we need to do that across the whole supply chain. So we're talking, you know, into scope one, scope two, and scope three emissions. So the ability to use, have a data platform and a mechanism for making some of that stuff visible for an organization to track, you know, across the whole supply chain is fundamental. And data is one of the key things. And we also need to look at reducing emissions reduction in our operations. And again, you know, the ability to use various technologies, which data and connectivity is a fundamental requirement, is key there. And, you know, we have our own emissions reduction program, which is focused on that. And then just neatly running on, we have our energy system integration that we need to have whole system thinking around our whole uh, way we deliver we generate, distribute, and probably consume energy. And that is a, a whole key area where we, we really can use data and some of the new digital technologies that we've become used to in our sort of normal day-to-day life uh, are fundamentally going to change the way we consume in energy, but also the industry delivers it and distributes it. And that's going to be key. So data and data availability is a fundamental requirement for that, as is things like connectivity. So you see like new digital technologies like low earth orbit satellites giving connectivity in remote places is going to be a key thing. So it's about connectivity, collecting data, whole system thinking. So you're looking at the whole system. And then the other area that's really exciting is the use of AI. So once you collect these data sets, we can then use those to identify anomalies we can forecast we can use scenario planning we can simulate you know and and that is going to be fundamental for the future with our own studies around pathways to you know the i you know the energy forum vision that we created which had three pathways are they the right pathways we can use ai to to try and help us in either at small scale but also at the macro scale and one of the projects we talked about projects that are interesting. I think we just run a wrangle, a competition, looking at using AI to identify the best pathway to net zero. Very interesting results and just demonstrates the power of AI to help us in that area. So that's some of the key areas that, from a technology perspective, we need for the energy transition. Yeah. 
I guess just listening to you kind of explain all of that, it sounds to me as if there, there may well be new opportunities arising for, for businesses to emerge to serve all of that that we don't have already. So um, what's your perspective on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, the opportunity is there for the supply chain to provide low carbon or low carbon services and products fundamentally, right? So, and that that could be from an engineering perspective, actually building stuff that's going to be critical to CCUS or hydrogen, green hydrogen, blue hydrogen, etc. But from a digital perspective, all the aspects of applying data algorithms, how do we optimize systems which are going to be more complex in the future, fundamental. And that is a massive opportunity for the supply chain. Um, And you're beginning to see companies working in that space and innovating in that space. So while we're talking about that, what what is your assessment of that digital developer community? Do we have a thriving sector or is there gaps? I think there's there's gaps. I think we have thriving. Um, so the companies that are in this space are innovating well, and we've we've got a lot of good examples here in Scotland. So I would perhaps you know pick out a few. We've got the OPEX group. We've got um, people uh, like Intelligent Plant, and all these sort of companies who are, who are a deep miner. There's Brainwave. I, you know, I, it keep coming to me. There are innovative companies working with data and AI who are fundamentally providing the components of the future, and which are components for other people to build on uh, into services or products. But do I, th- I still think there's massive gaps. I think there's still a massive opportunity. You know, the, we're going to have to build a lot of offshore wind infrastructure. That's all going to have to be managed effectively. We're still very immature in our, organ- in our industry in terms of how we use digital twins. So, you know, there's an opportunity for technology companies to come in from other sectors, uh, but also for, for people to start anew and refresh. And we work very closely with TechX, and we have done through the time I've been here, and picking up them and helping them develop further beyond TechX. Yeah, and, and, and just for listeners who perhaps are not familiar with okay. TechX, let's just explain a little bit about that. Is So yeah. it's an accelerator program that we run here at the Net Zero Technology Centre, and it has had quite a high level of data slash digital type companies come through it. That's correct, you know, and and or uh, or companies that have a significant digital component to whatever they're producing. So yeah, so we have I've had a number of successes, and a number of the projects that I've been under my wing uh, have come through the TechX program. And the opportunity there, as we focus on clean technology and the energy transition, is just as it always was, digital technology is a real potential. The challenge, I think, is skills. Mm. You know, there is a massive opportunity and a, and a challenge to develop the right skill sets. The opportunity I'm talking about is there's an opportunity. We have very knowledgeable knowledge workers within upstream oil and gas, that there's a massive opportunity into the renewable sector. We need to use all the experience around managing and operating, managing integrity issues, um, using data more effectively. So there's a, there's a transfer of skills, an opportunity to move, um, but we still need to create more people who understand data, who understand coding, and can help entrepreneurs build. So we need more data scientists. Yeah. I think it's more general than that. So we need more data scientists, yes, but we need people who understand and can manipulate data. We need people who who can lead, people who understand the opportunity. So it's 
that entrepreneur mindset. The challenge, I think, at the moment is when they look for people, we're not the only industry. The energy industry is not the only industry looking for those people. So they're, they're in short supply. And that's not just Scotland. That's not just the Northeast, Scotland or the UK. It's a, it's a worldwide challenge and something that we need to, to focus on. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I'm, I'm curious to get you to cast your mind back and if you can point to something, some project, or an impact perhaps that you've seen emerge from the work that you've done, what would you say that, that I'm really proud of that in particular? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, I think um, we've done a few things here. So in the early days, we really wanted to test technology. So things that come to my mind are blockchain. So hyped up beyond all recognition. Was there some validity in it? We did a few projects to test that. Not really successful, but that's part of what we were doing. And I think that was a, a technology was before its time. So we did a few blockchain-type projects were interesting. Uh, mixed reality XR uh, was another area we were sort of testing capability. There's a project done by a company called Visor, which I did think was very successful. This is how do we bring sort of mixed reality capability augmented reality into operations and how do we get the workforce involved in creating the content and the, the guidance for that that was a very successful project i think it was very useful and there were some um the data ones that i'm very proud of that we've already mentioned the data trust which is something of a, a windmill i was tilting at for about two years but we finally got that project off the ground and i guess the other thing is we now work together as an industry around data and digital. Um, so that means coordinating with Offshore Energy UK, ORE Catapult, OGA. We're making sure we're all working on the same things in the same directions. And as a result of that, we now have a data and digital maturity survey being repeated every few years. And we're just finishing an Offshore Energy Digital and Data Strategy that we've been working with the Energy System Catapult on together as an industry. That's probably the highlight. And I hope to continue working on in that area um, going forward. Super. Well, Stephen, thanks very much for taking the time to come and speak to us. It's a pleasure. All things di digital and data, I've watched over the last five years uh, with amazement to see the progress. I've actually been very impressed. The fact that you've got everybody politically together around the table to collaborate on a data trust is very impressive. So... Well done and um, look forward to working with you more in the future. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Transition Talks. You can listen to all podcasts at netzerotc.com forward slash podcasts or you can subscribe to gain instant access to all the new episodes before they drop. See you next time. <laughs>